Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Yes. And we're feeling great, Matthew, aren't we? Oh, yes. Very great. <laughs> Very good. We've been so sick this week. Yes. Uh, like, if you hear me making, like, pterodactyl sounds or something like that, that's me vomiting into the bowl I have mm. decided to me. This is how far I go for you, my dear listeners. This is how far. <laughs> the lengths we will go. <sighs> okay, it's been a week, Matthew. It it has. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you've been, but we know how we've been. <laughs> yeah, and we've both been sick, puking and shitting our guts out. I blame your family name. <laughs> Curse thee. <laughs> the joy of life. Okay, what's been going on this last week, Matthew? Uh, you're gonna let me open the ball? Well, it's probably a good thing because, well, we'll, we'll get to that. So, today we're talking about... Vietnam. No, no, no. Today, we're talking about Afghanistan. Totally different. Totally different. That was on my list as well. Yeah, and like... Afghanistan my, is fucked. My, my feelings about this has been like, we should probably talk about this. And then it was like, Afghanistan has probably fallen when we end up talking about this. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a quick process. Yeah, I mean, this kind maybe happened after you went here, so you might not have read it, but Kabul has basically surrendered. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've been following it. That the Taliban have taken all the major cities in Afghanistan after the USA pulled out. And uh, yeah, you can see images and videos of people just fleeing Kabul. Yeah. The, the president has left the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I, I think he resigned or something just I mean, now recently. I don't think, I'm not sure if he technically resigns, but if you're leaving the country, yeah. you're resigning. Him. Yeah, he gave away power. And um, so, I mean, yeah. all the embassies has been closed and evacuated. Mm. Yeah, I, I seem to recall seeing a clip of Biden, President Biden, saying that ah, you're not gonna see, you know, people being airlifted off the embassy roofs in Afghanistan. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Then there were images of people being airlifted off roofs on the embassies in Afghanistan. I mean, so I guess that twenty-year investment in blood, tears, and bombs was worth it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they held freedom the has been established. Like the people week. has taken back control. It's. Uh, I mean, I expected this to happen, but this went quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like you said, when the USA pulled out its military presence, this is what was going to happen. It, it was kind of out of the question, but I didn't expect this to happen this fast. Yeah, it's and like been weeks. Yeah, like not long. <laughs> and I mean, sure, they've been like slowly pulling out over time, but like I expected, you know, maybe sometime during next year this to happen. Yeah, or just for it to be, a, you know, a more slow going process. But it's been like, nope, <laughs> we're taking the country. We've been all those people who, all those young men who lost their relatives, you know, to Western bombs. We've been recruiting them and putting them to work. Yeah, and all those people who used to fight for ISIS, which is not there anymore and they needed a place to stay. Mm. Wanna check out our new caliphate? <sighs> oh, being a woman in Afghanistan is gonna be fucking terrible. I mean, it's already been terrible, but fuck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like... The Taliban aren't really the merciless kind. The, the, the mission accomplished thing was for Iraq, I think, but... Still, you know, mm. and I mean, this once again proved the problem of making a war without, not really an exit strategy, but like, what do you do when you get to country? 
Well, the war in Afghanistan, it, it's been more it's been more of like a subscription service for our military industrial complex. You know, you subscribe to a war for 20 years and profit like hell off the suffering you cause. I think I'm using the wrong subscription services. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then you leave when you got your money's worth. So, I mean, I'm not sure if, the, I mean, they could still, you know, profit. It's more of a, like, they went into Afghanistan in the whole, ah, we need a new enemy. And now we have Osama bin Laden. So we will use this and make sure the American people know we are fighting things, and doing things, and we can ally around this. And then it's like, you know, we're here. We have no clue where Osama is. Well, I guess we could, like, give them freedom. But, you know, America is really good at bombing shit, giving freedom and democracy. For all their joy and love talking about it, the doing part, not so great. I don't think it's uh, controversial to say that the war in Afghanistan has been a failure. Uh, but I wonder what you think... Well, how should how should we have... Uh, we? Uh, I mean, how should the war in Afghanistan... I mean, we were in Afghanistan. But uh, how, should, how should it have been handled, the invasion of Afghanistan? Because personally, I'm not opposed to a military intervention in order to get rid of something like the Taliban or ISIS. I'm not opposed to that principle, on principle. Uh, but I, th well, talk first. I mean, I, I think hear what you think. The biggest problem is <laughs> not having a plan. I mean, you, when you execute a military operation, whether that be in, you know, an airstrike of the target or like a full-scale invasion, you need to have an end goal. Like, at what point are you happy with your achievement at what point can you you know say mission accomplished not in a look good pr wise kind of way but in a like we did what we planned to do yeah when do you achieve your actual objective because i think there's several ways they could have done with afghanistan i mean there's the fake way that was like you know we're here because we're going to give them freedom yoohoo but there's also like you know they were there for osama bin laden they were there for revenge and you know Dangerous terrorist. You can sell that. You can definitely spin that. But if that's the case, do you really need to invade the country, or can't you just go in and kill him? It's not like they invaded Pakistan when they got him in the end. They just went in there, did a job, and left. And if they had the intelligence, they could have done that, and they could have moved on, which probably would have been a hell of a lot cheaper. If they want to, you know, liberate, then you need to, like, okay, what is necessary for that to happen? Like, what kind of institutions do we need to build? Like, I mean, there's two ways of doing it. The one way is not necessarily going in yourself. Like, you know, basically how they fought uh, the Soviets when they were in Afghanistan. You found rebels, you find people who you think share views, you would like to, you know, see them seize power. You give them training, you give them weapons, maybe have, you know, special forces come in and help them. And you like, you build off that because then that movement is more something that happened, I mean, not, not totally organically, but it's not as much as like, oh, the Yankees came in and told us how to run this country. Um, the other thing is, they mostly had, you know, a military strategy for Afghanistan, mm. which 
brings problem because if the thing is to build a stable country on you know different kinds of values, that's not something a military can achieve. They can point and shoot. They cannot you know make a functioning government or uh, you know root out corruption or make people support you. Yeah, that that's my stance on this as well. It it's based around that component because uh, when you go into when you invade a country with only a spe- only a military strategy, uh, it's not gonna work. You're not gonna liberate or uh, establish a, uh, a a controlled calm country uh, that moves towards peace. That's just not gonna happen, especially when you're foreign invaders uh, and you're exhibiting. How should I describe it? Uh, a certain a certain hostility towards the people you're invading. Let's call it American arrogance. Yeah, and, and not just American, like Western arrogance, because it's the big white savior thing. Yeah, we're gonna help you. We're gonna f- we're gonna come in and get the bad guys, and we're gonna bomb the shit out of you doing it. Uh, I think the ma- the big major thing you need in order to win a war like this and reach that outcome we're talking about, where you actually achieve peace and stability, uh, you need to get the people on your side. And yes, this is a very complex issue. It is. I mean, it's not black and white. But I think if we had invested in Afghanistan instead of invading it, uh, things could have gone very differently. Uh, If our main focus was you know establishing like you said institutions uh education uh healthcare that kind of thing i mean if there's one country who know how to do healthcare yeah uh but if if we had done those things established all those institutions and then protected them as fiercely as we have been you know just savagely bombing the country i think things could have gone differently I, I don't think the Afghani people are opposed to, you know, getting rid of the of the Taliban if they see a functioning alternative. Yeah, a functioning and well meaning alternative that benefits their children and themselves. Uh I think they would go for that. But over the years you, you haven't been able to trust the invading forces, the Americans, the Westerners. I, I don't think anyone down there have felt truly safe under U.S. Uh, occupation. U.S. occupation, and that's what you need to do. You need to invest for, for every dollar you spent bombing these people. You should have spent ten uh, enticing them. I mean, that would have been a lot of money. But I well, think yeah, that's I th- the problem. I think a way to describe this in a way that makes sense. I'm not saying that this was the entirety of the problem. Was that when you send in the military, the military want a certain freedom like when you send in a military force they want to be responsible to the guy who's sending them in like you know the americans so you know if they go in a village they're going to apprehend somebody or Wait, what do you mean you mean that the military they send there they i, I didn't understand what you said yeah they want to be you know to to answer only to be their president only answer to to america essentially so if they go in yeah, there so not the international and, community you know, and accident happen they don't want to like be able to be judged under Afghani law. Mm. But how can you create, you know, a functioning democracy if the people who are going to help you there don't answer to your laws and can basically get away with murder? Yeah, well, that's the problem with, you know, behaving or <laughs> behaving like uh, that's the problem with being an 
imperialist society. Because, you know, the US military, they, they've gone to great lengths to make clear to the rest of the world that if you go after our people, our soldiers, uh, you know, prosecuting them for their crimes, we will react violently and fiercely to that. They've said that if any American soldier uh, it was, uh, you know, sent to The Hague, for example, no, the the um, uh, war uh, isn't isn't Hague the war crime? Yes. Uh, the war crime. Oh, Domstool. What's that in English? Uh, the, 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 We're really good at judicial words. Yeah, the war the war crime courts. Whatever. Uh, they. I mean, they've threatened and said that if we do that, then we're gonna attack you. And that's not how a peaceful country behaves. That's not how a well-meaning military behaves. And like you said, if that's your position when you go into this, uh, then you're not going to succeed yeah, and in I mean, the country you're going to. I'm not going to say that like there has been justice given here because that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, even if an American soldier did something wrong, like, you know, started shooting at civilians or anything like that, the way he would be reprimanded would be by, you know, the American judicial system or the American military, not the Afghani one. Hmm. And how can you have like an Afghani judicial system if all the people running around, basically running the country, has no accountability to it? Yeah, I mean, you, the Afghani people need sovereignty when over their own country. Uh, and yeah, like you said, if they don't have that, you you'll never establish the trust you need in order to, uh, you know gain a stable country it's just not gonna happen and now people are jamming up the roads filling up the airports trying to escape their own country because we've spent the last 20 years majorly yeah. pissing off a terrorist organization I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing our anti-immigration parties talking about all these people coming from afghanistan and how they don't want them here and i mean we fucked them that's why they're running here yeah i mean i mean we as norwegians i i'm I've always been ashamed of our war and our participation in the war in Afghanistan, but yeah, like here we go. <laughs> here we see the end result, and I doubt it's gonna end well. Yeah, um, like I was listening to an interview with like a guy who used to be basically a driver for Norwegian personnel. I don't think it was military, but like diplomatic diplomats, and you know that kind of things. And he was basically, you know, you know the people he'd been working with had you know just fled the country, and he was like. Yeah, I'm sitting here in my house in Kabul waiting for the Taliban to come and shoot me because, you know, it's well we, known that he we view them. this as like, oh, there's a conflict between different people in a country. The way this will be treated is the same way we treated the people who collaborated with the Nazi Germany mm. when we were occupied. Like, they're going to set examples. Yeah, I mean, the Tal like I said, the, Tal the Taliban have spent 20 years just being more getting more and more pissed off as they've been suppressed. And they were never known for being that merciful in the first yeah, place. They're not the most reasonable bunch. So now that they're gaining full control of their country with a, an entire generation... It's been 20 years. That's an entire generation of people who have suffered under US imperialist rule and occupation and that now are going to you know, be set loose upon the people who aided the Americans or, or us. And I think something that's kind of... I'm not sure if you would call it, you know, unique in this situation, but 
I think it would be differently if they pulled out out of Iraq because Iraq is a country where other countries have stake in. Like, you know, Iran probably wanna take their influence if the Americans leave, or you know, other regional powers. But I feel like Afghanistan has this. I mean, that's probably why they're leaving. Also, that nobody really gives a fuck about the country, mm. so there's no, you know. It's not like somebody leaves and then somebody tries to fill that vacuum. It's just like the Taliban who know that, you know, if we just wait in the mountains, they gotta leave someday. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, what's, what's Afghanistan gonna look like in a year? Five years? What it used to look like about 20 years ago. I don't remember much about how it looked I mean, 20 years ago. I mean, I mean, like, basically it's going to be back to the status quo before the American invasion. I think it's going to be worse. I mean, uh, there's definitely going to be like, you know, as I said, they're going to make examples of people. They're going to, you know, make sure that, you know, everybody who showed disloyalty in, you know, smiling to an American or another soldier at one point is going to, you know, be put in their place. Like, there's like, let's be honest, their group rules to fear and intimidation and they will make sure that everybody remembers why. But... You know, give it like five years time, it will be, you know, back to normal to the degree you could call how that country used to be normal. Hmm. But the, new the biggest normal. issue is like, you know, so many people know that like nobody's coming to save them and they will act like that. Like, like you said, they probably would have accepted a different government or a different way of life if they had you know a reliable choice and you know what you're teaching yet another generation is that you know that is not ever going to happen you know all the people who you know the kurds who fought in syria and then like get left in the cold by america yeah i was thinking of the kurds because this is a similar situation i mean been... it's, it's a bit different but uh like i get the point and it's i think for well i mean they were left behind by the people who were supposed to be their allies yeah, but like it, it, it's different in the way that it's not like America had totally gone into the country and claimed what they would do, and it was different in. I think the Kurds were expecting it, hoping it not to happen, but mm. kind of expecting it. In Afghanistan, you kind of like, you know, 15 years in, maybe think that, you know, maybe, maybe we can get a solution out of this. But this will seriously fuck up America's runaway, I guess you could call it, on the like. Hmm? world stage they're like oh, their reputation how, yeah how their influences look because basically it's the country who come in places claim they will do things fuck up and then leave with their tail behind their legs mm. like sure yeah, they're unreliable sure america hasn't technically like you know lost a war in the case of like boots on their own soil having to giving up territory but every time they go in somewhere they leave without their objectives being achieved mm. and you know like Let's say America would go into, I'm not sure, like, what country they would do tomorrow, but, like, why would they in any way even consider cooperating with them? Like, even if the, what America is offering them would be sincere and would be better, why would they ever trust them? Yeah, I mean, they have zero reason to trust, trust them to, you know, to stay by their word and uh, to, uh, to do what they say. So... We've just generated... Uh, how many people live in Afghanistan? Do you know? I have no idea, but probably a lot yeah. of people. 
yeah, I mean, probably several tens of millions, I'd say. And yeah, those people have no reason to trust the West at all. Yeah, and we're, we're... Even if the UN went into Afghanistan, would still be a tainted operation because of this. Yeah, and I mean... So... Uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Like... Eh, never mind. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I wonder what we're going to do about all the people fleeing. I mean, we're going to say that they can't come into our countries because of like... Our walls are really high and we don't have, you know place for them to get work and please go home because we're going to get racist people otherwise. Hmm. I mean, this is a really hard thing to... It, this is going to be a hard thing to talk about with people, I think. Because, well, you know, Norway, we participated in the invasion of Afghanistan. And yeah, so this is partly on us. <laughs> we're responsible for this. All those people are going to die, be tortured, uh, and suffer, we're and, and like, kind of responsible for that. One thing I've been thinking about, like, we're talking about the people who are going to come. What about all those people who immigrated to Norway on, like, asylum based upon not being able to live in a safe country? Mm. And then we sent them home because Afghanistan is safe now. Yeah, and just think of what, how will this affect the people, Afghani people who have uh, emigrated and who are currently living in other countries? If you're an Afghani nor uh, Afghani Norwegian, how how are you gonna feel about you know Norway and its government now that a bunch of your family members are gonna be living in the hell? That's if they're gonna live. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just a scary thought. Just and what this will do to yeah, so many different people. And it will turn around. I remember what I was gonna say now. It will turn around with this. I mean. I've never been a very big fan of the war on terror, but they're gonna go and get their hideout again. Like Afghanistan is gonna be the people, the place you can come and train with uh, Muslim extremists. You know, get we weapon training. Like you know, the ES is destroyed, and uh, I mean, we'll see what's happened with uh, Iraq. But at least there we have you know neighbor countries with vested interested in trying to control one thing or another but like I give it 20 years and we'll have a new invasion yeah like, I, I called it a subscription service earlier and that <laughs> this is what I'm talking about you go into a country you wreak havoc you leave it and in a decade or two you come back to kill a new generation of young people and piss off and a future generation of young people and uh, yeah just reap the benefits when you're a war profiteer. <sighs> this is depressing. Yeah. So, I mean, you were probably against the war in the first place, I mm -hmm. assumed. I was as well. But I want to ask you this because I feel like this is something that I've been argued with several people, which is if, should we have left at this point or should we not? No, I don't think so. Uh, I was opposed to the war in the first place. Uh, and I think it was handled terribly. But I think dropping out now, uh, it's the height of the peak of irresponsibility. Because you've been fueling a fire while also, you know, yeah, you've been fueling a fire, tossing, <laughs> tossing the Afghani people on the, uh, into the flames. And now you're just going to leave it. Uh, once you invade a country like this, you need to finish the process. 
I wish there was some international uh, some international force that could, you know, force I'm, America I'm to... I'm sure they would answer to that force. Yeah, that's the problem. Because the UN is supposed to be an organiza organization that can go there and say, no, you, okay, you can pull out your military, but you're going you're gonna to pay for the reparation of Afghanistan. Because... Yeah, once you're in there, you need to finish the job. And that's not by pouring money into military operations. We, we should have spent billions of dollars, uh, you know, building infrastructure in Afghanistan. Because if you motivate, if you build an infrastructure that benefits the people to such a degree, you know, education, healthcare, uh, that kind of thing, if you do that, you can get the people on your side. And if you do that, it's going to be much easier to handle the military part of occupying a country. Because the people in that country are going to be motivated to make sure you succeed. But but it's going to it's already hard to fight against the Taliban because they're, you know, they're Afghani people themselves. And it's the yeah, guerrilla you know. I mean, guerrilla warfare is much easier when you can blend in like the Taliban can. Uh, but if we had managed to properly turn the people against the Taliban and make sure that they had something of such value to them that they would defend it with their lives, we would have a real united front against these people. Instead of people being afraid of, you know, uh, having someone they know tell the Taliban that, hey, these guys helped the Americans. Instead of that, you could have had people, you know, snitching out Taliban members. Because they know that, hey, if I just make sure this motherfucker gets taken away, my kids and my grandkids are going to be going to school for the next generations. And if someone gets sick or someone loses a leg to a bomb, they can actually get medical treatment. Uh, yeah, that, that's my view on it. That's, once you're in there, you need to finish the job. And here we just we went into a country, we set a fire, and we left. Like, in theory, I agree with you, but I've been, you know, thinking about this, and I feel like, you know, if I went up on a podium tomorrow with, like, you know, Mr. Biden on my left, with Stoltenberg on my right, and I signed a document, and it says that, like, you get 20 more years, so, like, you have to stay until, you know, 2040 or whatever, I still feel that, like, before we're in, in 41, Taliban is going to be back, like, but why? I, why? I, because why there's no plan. Like, well, well, but if you have if you have a plan to build infrastructure, then you have a plan. <laughs> That's the plan. Oh, I agree with you. My point is just if if you had forced America to stay another twenty years, I don't think they would have done anything differently. Oh no 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 no. Oh, by by all means, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that if we had forced them to stay, they would have you know performed better. No, America is a shit show. It's a walking. It's it's a burning garbage can. Uh, it's not gonna. It's an empire that should fall as quickly as possible. Uh, when it comes to this, they they are not gonna be helping anyone. They're they're the empire from Star Wars. They're they're not good guys. Hey Andy, I think you're making Star Wars way too political right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I have zero faith in America. To me, that's a lost country already. I'm talking about the international community, preferably a joint UN operation or at least an international operation just I some mean, coalition but but that's also kind of the problem because like 
the UN accepted. I mean, this is a UN operation. Like they didn't do anything. It's not a UN operation. It's an American operation with the UN tagging along and saying, "Okay." Yeah, but like, do you think Afghani people would see it differently if, like, the UN said, "Okay, now we're gonna do things"? I think they would see it differently if they saw schools being built, hospitals being built, and you know, roads being paved. Uh, yeah. At first, no, it would be an uphill battle because, again, the USA has fucked us all. Uh, but, yeah, I refuse to believe that these people would just reject our presence if they saw things actually improve. The, I don't think they have any special loyalty to the Taliban or to... Yeah, I can I, see how they would be... I'm not necessarily going to say that they hold a special loyalty, but I don't think we should underestimate the amount of uh, conservative views you would find amongst the people because that's essentially what they know it's what they've been taught it's what they've been grown up with it's what they've seen well yeah of course that's why you got to capture the younger people the youth generation because <laughs> you know how i feel about the older generations yeah they are not my investment i uh, i don't have much faith in the older generations and it's not like the Afghani people are just a bunch of good, honest people just hoping for someone to allow them to thrive and thrive and be free like they want to. It's filled with assholes. Old, old men just being utter assholes. It's filled with those people. That's what the Taliban are. Old men just forcing, uh, enticing young men to do their dirty fighting for them. But if you manage to catch the younger generations, you can make some changes. It's going to be a long process. But I think it can happen. Uh, yeah. I think, ironically, and this is going to be, you know, I, I think it's kind of funny in the way that there's no way in hell America would ever have done it. But I think one of their biggest mistakes was not integrating them probably in the Muslim culture. Because the strongest... How do you mean? The strongest institution in Afghanistan are the religious communities. Yeah. And, like... I'm not saying that, you know, they haven't done a photo up here or there or tried to talk to, you know, a village elder or a imam or something at once. But, like, if you can't win those people, you will never win the country. Yeah, I mean, go down there, build a hundred mosques. Build a fucking mosque. That's a gesture that people, not everyone, but people would appreciate that. And freedom mosques. Just go down there and, hey... This is something that's important to the Afghani people. We're here to build up Afghanistan, so we're going to build a fucking mosque. We're going to start with hospitals and uh, schools, but once we've done that, well, well, you know what? We'll build 10 mosques first, you know, to show that we're, we're respectful of how you choose to live your lives. But our first priority is hospitals, education, and securing those institutions, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think even more like, truly understanding their faith, being able to talk about, you know, what they value and how they feel about things in the context of, you know, Islam. Because while you may agree or disagree with it, I mean, basically, they're the same as their crazy Christians, which America got a lot of, so they should be able to agree on a lot of things. But if you can reach them, like, that's where you can start to build common ground. Like, you showing up there, having learned to say, like, hello in Arabic or something and then starting to question wait do they even speak Arabic here or like do they have different languages like that's p probably most of the thing they did you need to be able to you know human become human to them in a way in which they 
doesn't feel that you're saying that you will do things about them, but that you actually understand that you're willing to do things. Yeah, and by all means, I'm not say we shouldn't go in there and just say, "Hey, we're gonna do all this stuff for you, and we're gonna let you be like, be what how you are, and we're gonna be so respectful of every respectful of everything you do." I don't want that. We should still have you know uh, clear clear positions on boundaries. Let's say women's rights, for example. Uh, I I would not be okay with us building a school where girls aren't allowed to go, for example. That would be unacceptable. If you're opposed to that, then that's a problem. You, I'm not saying we should, you know, bend over for every whim they have, because, uh, like you said, there are conserv- conservative forces in that country, and it's a huge presence still. Well, you know, we have the Taliban now, uh, but we need to take a stance on some things. But you can say you can't take a stance like that and say this is unacceptable to us without being disrespectful to their culture in its entirety. Like, if I build a school for you, and I tell you, you can use this school school however you like, as long as you, you know, don't promote terrorism, homophobia, and uh, as long as girls are allowed to go there. If you won't allow that, then we're gonna take the school back. Yeah, you're not gonna be allowed to use it. Uh, that's, the, that's the approach. I think I'm imagining some of those things might be like too hard of a line. I think you might have to, you know, meet them at the middle way. So, for instance, you make sure that girls can go to schools, but you might have to accept that like there are boys schools and there are girls schools. Sure. But at least you know they're going to school. Yeah, I mean that's okay. I mean I don't mind. That that's cool. I can I can meet you halfway there. But there needs to be there there needs to be vis- uh, visible progress. And we need to, like you said, we need to reach out and meet them, but without, uh, we still need some boundaries. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's it's the difference between, you know, expecting them to have gay people in the position of power or, you know, but, you know, drawing the line and saying that, like, it can't be illegal to be gay. Yeah, you can't be stoning or otherwise executing gay people, for example. That's a reasonable approach to take. And if they can't meet you there, then, yeah. well, fuck you. Because <laughs> I think that an important thing to understand if you're going to do, like, country building this way is that you cannot force upon them all your decades or centuries on progress within, like, an instant. Like, sure, you know, women-only schools. Women are probably going to be looked down upon. Women are going to have problems. But if you can get the infrastructure so that these things will leave women wanting more rights to people getting more normalized to, you know, not having the kind of gender roles that has been there, you know, sure, women might not experience all those rights right now, but give them, you know, a couple of decades, help nudge things in the right direction, and suddenly you might end up the place you wanted to, but like you need to give them the time to go through those things. Yeah, and like, let's say you're, let's say you're one of these conservative people who don't want to see girls go to school, or you don't want to see gay people have rights. Uh, let's say you're that guy, and then you, but then you also see that hey, they're actually building hospitals. Uh, this education for everyone thing is kind of nice. 
Uh, I don't like our women knowing so many big words, sure, but it's nice that I can know that my son and maybe my daughter will have an education. I know that when my kid is of age, he will have an education. Uh, if you put people in that situation, even that person, that conservative guy who's originally opposed to it, he, I don't think anyone has conviction that strong that they're going to, over time, not soften up. And I mean, even if they don't, I think there's like value in, like you said, you know, some of these things are generational. If you grow up in Afghanistan and all the women go to schools, even though they might be, you know, not completely looked upon as equal as men, or, you know, they might be taught to be more, you know, you know mothers than, you know, the CEO, leading bitch or whatever, you know, we're clapping for here. You're still going to be a position that, you know, when somebody else tells you that, like, hmm, do you think we should remove women from schools? They're going to be like... Why shouldn't women go to school? Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, how does that benefit us? Like, you, you can see it here in the form of, like... I'm not saying that all old people in our country, like, really hate gay people or anything. But all the people who are growing up now, if you ask them, like, Hey, should we make it illegal for gay people to marry? Like, they wouldn't be able to comprehend what you're no, saying. No, they would be incredulous. They would be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? That, this isn't a thing we're going to do. No. Just go back, Grandpa. Go to bed. So, yeah. But, again, I, oh, I got sad again. I, you know, just talking about this, describing... We could have saved them! Yeah, d just describing this shit made me feel good inside. And then I remember that, oh, that's not how it's going to go. Yeah, and I think... I just got like a random idea out of the blue now, even though I saw you were at the ending phase. Mm. I think a third thing that they should have invested in would have been like creating not necessarily new culture, but think if they like founded ways for Afghanistan's Afghanis, I guess it would be, to like, you know, be able to express themselves culturally. I'm not saying that they can't, exp you know, do that now, but like, you know, making sure that movies could be made and that they could be, you know, made with you know, talking about the struggle of, you know, living in Afghanistan or things like that. Or, like, if you can somewhat assimilate into that culture, suddenly that culture will, you know, assimilate back into them. Like, if you give them ways to create music and they talk about, you know, make music that, you know, values education or whatever like i mean i'm not saying that you know all musics talk about how awesome education is you're just expressing themselves with a certain pride in but, themselves and yeah. the people and their country Th then you can then suddenly like some of the shift falls a bit more back on them and it's more you know if everybody listens to these kinds of songs or see these kinds of movies now it's kind of easier to talk about these things in the public because you know the movie is popular, so it's not like you're saying something that's super controversial. Yeah, like, how many how many movies have you seen that tell the story of an Afghani person? I can't think of a single one. I mean... Like, all, all the movies I can, you know, remember that deals with this shit, either the Afghanis are the bad guys, or they're about, you know, Americans in Afghanistan. Like, I think a really good example of this, this movie isn't necessarily in Afghanistan, but it's a movie that is set in Iraq. Uh, and it's, um, I don't remember, like, the guy who directed the, the last Bourne movies with Matt Damon. And I think Matt Damon was in this. And it's basically, like, how this American soldier needs to go into Afghanistan because there are American there's doing bad things. And it's just, like, such a good example of, like, okay, 
So there are good guys and bad guys in Iraq, and all of them are Americans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, this was... Are there the, any Afghanis here? I'm sure this movie wasn't intended for, you know, Iraq, but A, it tells a good story about how, you know, a lot of these people see Iraq or these places when they go in that like, you know, we're going to be doing the things, we're going to be changing the things, completely missing the people who are there, who are needed for the actual change. But they had the possibility to offer them a way to give them a cultural identity, keeping some of the things that are important to them, but also giving a bit of infusion of, you know, I don't like saying Western values, but you know, more freedom, more democracy, more self-determination. And I think there's very few examples of people being given more self-determination and saying, ah, I'm not so sure I want that. Hmm. I think that's it. Especially for Afghanistan. Yeah, that's it. So, If you're RIP, not running for your life, you should subscribe. Yeah, do that. Subscribe to our podcast and check out our Twitter account. Yeah, follow our mysterious Twitter account that may or may not start tweeting at some point. <laughs> okay, guys. See you later.